second time. But we are back. Not literally, though. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, we are back. And I'm pretty stoked about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one we're going to talk about was at 87, 88. 88. Grotesque. Grotesque. I do not believe there was an alternate title to this one. No, this is, this is very much like straightforward. It was, it was just grotesque. Just don't confuse it with the 2009 movie. Or the 2022 movie. That one either. <laughs> Did not know there was two other ones. But honestly, check out the 2009 movie. That's a fucking, not a bad, like, just Japanese, like, gore film. I have not dabbled, but that's of note. But we're not talking about those. Keeping this, like, honed in to the late 80s. This is very 80s. And if you couldn't tell if you've ever seen this movie or if you plan on watching it after this episode you can tell right away by linda blair's hairdo oh yeah yeah she's all buttoned up all nice little blouse with puffy shoulders yes and she definitely has the uh probably the same hairdo my mom had at some point when i was a kid just yells like 80s (laughs) but yeah it's a great movie um linda blair's in it uh it was filmed in california not that you can tell because it's very uh, wooded area. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's just not filmed in like L.A. No, no, because I believe there's snow at some point. Yes. Does it snow in California? Certain areas, yeah. Okay. You get up in those fucking, you get up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah it was like Big Bear Lake. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. They have skiing there. It's a thing. I, I, I don't know this. Yeah, I need to get out more. Uh because I remember, like, kind of getting into the notes and stuff, and I'm like, so this was filmed in Cali, but there's snow on the ground. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, dude, you get up in those fucking, those fucking hills, man, or those mountains. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this movie I watched probably about six months ago for the first time that I remember, and was like this is pretty cool man dude this is a movie the american vhs cover does this movie no justice correct i avoided watching this movie because that cover just looked dumb and i was just like any kid in a video store you're looking at fucking movies you're looking for that you check out the cover Mm -hmm. that cover is so fucking stupid but then you look at like the, the european covers that got released and it makes it totally look like a straight like punk movie like in um uh like a break-in type fucking home invasion like if they would have had that cover it would have been way better yeah i was my of, opinion because i seen it floating around you know on uh like tubi or whatever but like it didn't grab me like the artwork per se didn't grab me but i read the description and was like wait a minute linda blair's in this and then it was like punkers and like okay I checked it out. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool, right? Um, but yeah, you're right. The artwork doesn't really do it. It doesn't grab you like, you know. This actually, now that I think about it, this actually was supposed to be called something else. I can't remember what it was supposed to be called. But um, Linda Blair was being the producer. She kind of had say 
over things and then they changed the name and she was like in an interview she said um she could have took it to court to fight it because it wasn't supposed to have such a fucking like visceral name hmm. and she's like i could have took it to court and fought it and like on whatever ground she's like but i probably would have spent all the money this movie actually brought in <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah because she was the assistant producer on this right like a yeah she was one of the producers yeah um, but yeah, this is, uh, so this, so j- just to give you a timeline, this is post Hell Knight, Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, was she in something be- between Hell Knight and this? Hell Knight was like 82. Um, between 82 and 88, was she, I, oh, well, I mean, The Heretic. What, what year did that come out? The Heretic was, bef- oh, yeah, The uh, Heretic was. I want to say that was like after Hell Knight. I could be wrong though. Oh no, the Heretic was seventies. Well, was it? Yes, yeah, so Exorcist was seventy three. Heretic was like seventy seven. Okay, okay. So this is post. But this was the one she did in between that I was blanking on was Savage Streets. Savage Streets, gotcha. I knew there was one in there, and that Linnea was in that as well. Yeah, that movie's a banger too. Yes, it is very good. Um, so this is like a later Linda Blair flick. Uh, but yeah, this might be post her fucking dating, um, Rick James, Rick James. Yeah. Uh, but it does, uh, include Donna Wilkes. Yeah. The cast of this movie is actually solid. Like they got some fucking people. It's kind of impressive. I kind of like did a deep dive and I'm like, well, Donna Wilkes, man, you know, fucking angel. Angel. Anybody seen Angel? She's Angel. Schizoid. Mm-hmm. Which Tony Salamone hooked me up as just a bonus. Like, I ordered some tapes from him years ago. And he just kind of threw that in. And I still got the clamshell. And I've watched it a few times. It's the 70s, maybe yeah. early 80s. But it's not bad. Donna Wilkes was in that. And she was she made her debut in Jaws 2. Yep. Well, that's star power right there. I think she's also in a movie called like Blood. Is it Blood Gem? Blood Song. Blood Song, yeah. Yes, which also is not bad. Yeah. Uh, and here's a fun fact. Charles Deercop is in this movie as, like, the sheriff yeah. or deputy. They don't really specify, and if they do, I didn't catch it. He was the killer Santa Claus in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yep. In the beginning. He was also the gas station attendant in Messiah of Evil. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think I scrolled across that, which is pretty impressive as well. And it's fucking weird, too, because I, like, was watching this and I, like, looked at his eyes because you never see his face in Silent Night, Deadly Night. But those eyes, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's in this. And uh, Guy Stockwell was in the original It's Alive. Yep. And uh, Santa Sangre. Oh, really? Yep. I did not know that. that. Okay. Then you also have Tab Hunter, which... John Waters fans know him from Polyester, but he was also in a movie, a banger movie. I, I think it's a decent movie anyway. Uh, Out of the Dark almost has like a, a Skinamax type feel really? to it. Yeah. I seen that and it didn't ring any bells when I went across this filmography. I don't know. Like, Honestly, I watched that movie like three months ago. Oh, wow. Just on a whim, like, I'll check this out. And pretty solid. Definitely has like an old, old like Skinamax type vibe to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, not not bad. Uh, this dude's calling into a uh, 
call girl service and like killing off chicks. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh shit! That sounds kind of cool. And he was in Grease too. Yes, Grease two. So now that was the one which um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Grease two is better than Grease one. Uh, don't at me. Don't DM me. Um, cool Rider <laughs> is a fucking banger song. Um, and we get a Robert Zadar appearance. Robert Zadar, and he has like minimal lines. He's kind of like in the background. He just he's kind of like an apparition. Yeah, comes and goes, man. Yeah, but he does discover the nursery. Yeah. Which is the turning point of the movie. But very cool because I believe this was the same year as Maniac Cop. If I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It, it has to be around there. 88 was Maniac Cop. 90 was Maniac Cop 2. 89 was Tango and Cash. So you get like a peak Zadar in this one. And if you have no other reason after this episode, to want to check this out if you haven't seen this movie. Robert Zadar's in it, man. (laughs) It's worth the price of admission alone, man. Yeah, who else? Uh, As you pointed out, Bunky Jones, who was also in um, Hide and Go Shriek. Yes, okay, so I showed up here and I was like, Jared, I'm telling you, man, the chick with the kiss makeup on (laughs) <laughs> she's got like this East Freely kind of thing going on she's one of the punkers I'm like I'm telling you that was the in Hide and Go Shriek the dick from Karate Kid 3 Mike Barnes Karate's bad boy had a girlfriend in Hide and Go Shriek and I'm like that has to be that chick and Jared's like well let me look it up and he's like no no turns out he looked up the wrong chick it was that chick fucking was, like, was man still got it I noticed her right off rip. I'm like, that has to as be. As soon as I scrolled through and I realized I, like, I thought I looked at the right people and then neither of them had fucking pictures, but they were kind of like, and a few other things. And then I scrolled uh, farther down later and I just saw her picture and I'm like, that, that fucking is the chick. Yeah, I'd go shriek, man. She was like, I think she was the one that was beheaded in the elevator, mm-hmm. which is one of the coolest points of hide and go shriek. But yeah, this movie's uh, pretty, pretty good. Um, give these give these folks a rundown on the uh, on the plot. Like, so pretty much this whole plot is um, so it kind of opens up with a movie within a movie, um, and then it's these like uh, special effects artists and a movie exec talking about like, oh, this is a fucking great job, and like the movie exec kind of looks like a knockoff George, uh, 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 Roger Corman. Oh yes, kind of has a, it's like a sleazy Roger Corman vibe. This guy gives off. And then uh, the special effects dude says he's about to fucking dip out and go to his family cabin in the woods just to get away from Hollywood. So that's what's going on there. Then it flips to just these fucking, like, punkers. Mm -hmm. Just fucking, like, their van broke down. And the one dude, fucking I swear to God, the one dude looks like a fucking, like, dollar store generic version of Colin from GBH. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's all like methed out, like just yelling, like, ah, how long am I going to be here? Yeah. Ah. It's like if you went to the store with your mom and you're like, Mom, can we get Colin from GBH? She's like, we got Colin from GBH at home. That's what this would fucking be. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that's supposed to be fixing it, fixing the van. The blonde, spiky hair dude. Yeah. So later in the movie, I'll let you get back to it. He literally, when they're in the cave. Yeah. Okay. His hair is uh, 
Eddie's hair from the self-titled Iron Maiden. It, it, yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> like, check that shit out. Like, pause it and look. And the light hits him the right way. I'm like, they're trying to emulate the original Eddie. But go ahead. Yeah, that dude in his lap is just fucking out of hand. Yeah, he's like fucking like zoot suited right in the fuck out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Linda Blair and her friend, who Linda Blair's the the special effects dude's fucking daughter. Daughter. They're driving to the cabin to meet the family, have a run in with these punks on the road. The punks are just like, get the fuck off the road. I'm gonna fucking kill you, bitch. And how many times has bitch said in this goddamn movie? I, it might be a record. I'm like, dude, they really use the bitch word. Like that's like the word that they just connected onto like when you're yelling at somebody and you're angry and like you just connect onto one word and you just keep repeating that's this word i want that was this script i don't even i don't think we think it was probably in the script i just think that's the word that they all chose to use i mean dude scratch uses it like 70 times yeah in this movie easy and everyone else does too so so they get away from them they end up back at the cabin family's there Mm mm-hmm like the dad, the mom, start talking about some uncle that's coming, start talking about some kid and how he's doing. And then you find out that the punks were kind of on their way to this cabin anyway because they knew that this, these people grew up in Hollywood and from when they were a kid and being up here with their parents, they always, that their parents said that like there was a secret. There was like a hidden secret with this family. These punks took it as, there's either going to be drugs or money, yes. and that's the secret. Yep. So they're coming to this house to fucking break in and just steal the fucking cash. Or drugs. Or drugs. Cash or drugs. That's whatever. all they wanted. Cash and prizes. Um, Family jewels, as they called it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they end up getting there in the middle of the night and break in. All hell breaks loose. And this movie's kind of like a... like. It starts off with a movie inside of a movie. Then it kind of goes into what's about to be like a home invasion movie. But this fucking home invasion part goes on for 10, 15 minutes yeah. tops. Yeah. So they break in they wrangle everybody up. Uh, they end up like beating the shit out of the dad, uh, killing him. Killed him. Yeah. Killed the mom. Mm-hmm. I think they're talking about potentially like raping the one friend. Kathy. Yeah, Kathy. Linda Blair's friend. Yeah. They were talking about like. Like raping her, she gets away. She like fucking Friday Thirteenth Part Four is out the fucking window. Yeah, she jumps out the fucking. She's gone, and then they chase her into the woods, or whatever. Somehow get her back, or she comes back to one of the chicks that that are in the gang, thinking that the chick's gonna have sympathy because she's also a female. Like, please don't let them do this to me. And then the chick punker ends up stabbing her to death. Yeah, so she's dead. Also should be pointed out, there's a den in the house. Has a bunch of masks. I'm pretty sure like a lot. Of, I'm pretty sure all of them are Don Post fucking masks. But two yes. of them are the Halloween three masks. Yeah, and the one chick puts the skeleton one on while she's like riding her dude. Yeah, which okay. So they're banging in this den, which is just a den with Halloween masks on. That's all it is. So still pretty fucking vanilla fucking sex. But she starts going on like, oh, I bet you never got off like that before. I told you that'd be a fucking amazing having sex in here. It's yeah. like, dude, what? Yeah. But she puts the mask on like halfway through. Yeah. And he happens to look up like, ah. Yeah. But it was clearly the Halloween 3 mask. Oh, the skeleton one. Mm-hmm. But basically, just to kind of catch you guys up, 
the reason that these masks are in the den is because the father was a special effects. Yeah, he's like a Hollywood special effects. Dude. Yeah, That's he would make career. masks and what did. His, yeah, his fucking whole thing is. Also, wanted to point out his name is Orville Kruger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a combination that is, because I love me some popcorn and Fred's the fucking one, right? So Orville Kruger and the family's known as the Krugers, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they kill the dad. They kill Kathy, Linda Blair's friend. They kill the mom. Linda Blair's the only one left. Yeah, she gets out. And she escapes. Yeah, she escapes. Um, they try to find her. Somehow, that's when it's snowing. There's snow on the ground now. Yes. Um, and I don't know how she survives all night in, a, in pajamas, barefoot, in snow. Yeah, because they later on, like, uh, the dude and the chick that were banging in the room with the masks end up in a cave, and they're, like, freezing. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, she must have, you know, I guess was in shock and just had to get the fuck away. But, yeah, if they're freezing and she's in just, like, Lounge pajamas with no shoes or socks on. Yeah. And she's fucking dying of frostbite. Like, but then the, the so they go run after her. But the two punkers that stay behind end up just kind of trying to tear the house apart, trying to find the fucking family jewels. And they pull some books off of a bookshelf and see a window. And they're like, "Oh, there's a fucking room behind here." Yes. <clears throat> That's when they open the door, and you realize the whole time they were talking about Patrick and how Patrick's doing, and. Well, I fed Patrick. Yeah, Patrick is like their son that there's deformed that they keep in a fucking room <laughs> behind yeah. a bookcase. Yeah. And he fucks their shit up. Oh, yeah. He fucking... The chick's death is... Destroys the... Like, kills that dude right off rip. The chick goes running. He runs, grips her up, and just throws her into a fucking tree. No, 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 no. Not those two. First off, it was Robert Sadar and the chick that find the nursery. Yeah. Secondly... Never in any other film will you see somebody manhandle Robert Zadar the way this fucking maniac. He grabs him by his fucking leather jacket and throws him like 15 feet. And I'm like, did they allow that? But we didn't get Robert Zadar yet. I mean, you know. He wasn't to the level that Zadar got. Yeah, he wasn't fucking, they broke my nose, my face, and my jaw. There was This was not Robert Zadar tango in cash. This was, we didn't know. This maniac, Patrick, living in a nursery behind a fucking bookshelf that was like the dirty <laughs> secret, throws this fucking guy 15 feet, grabs the chick, and twists her head completely around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so violent. I'm like, okay, I can roll with that. I mean, there was no fucks given, right? It's the other chick that he puts against the tree. Yeah, he puts the other chick against the tree. And... So he kills off Robert Zadar and the chick that find the nursery initially. Then he's loose. Now he's out and see, and then goes to the den. Yeah, goes to the den and finds his, the fucking family. Finds his family. Find the family dead. just fucking killed. Mm-hmm. People have taken care of him ever. Even like kept, they kept him locked in a room, but took care of him. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and finds them all killed. And then he leaves. And this now the movie pivots again. Now it's not a home invasion. Now it's almost like a... Slasher. You could almost say slasher. Yeah. Um, and then it twists to like him being out looking for them and those punks looking for Linda Blair. Linda Blair somehow still being alive. Um, then they find Linda Blair and they're about to kill her and Patrick just bum rushes fucking bootleg Colin. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> almost yeah. kills him. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, he kills him. He doesn't, doesn't kill, crush he his face. He doesn't kill Colin. Because Colin and um, Bootleg Colin and the other chick are the only two left. No, no. Well, he kills the uh, he, the dude in the cave. They were in that, like, by the fire. He kills the other skinny dude, the other skinny punk, and then I think he kills the, the, the other girl. Yeah. But it's weird because, like, he killed, like, they they started a fire in, like, a fucking, like, little burrow thing. And she's like, you'll see us. He's like, I can't believe we're having, we got a fire out here with that maniac running around. He's like, well, either we freeze to death or face the maniac. Yeah. Then they get into an argument because she's cold and he's a dick. And he's like, just because you shake your ass, you expect the world to, like, answer your every command. And then he's like, I'm out. I want to get as far away from you as I can. If you run into the maniac, see if you can charm him. Walks out of this fucking burrow, and the maniac, Patrick's waiting for him, and just grabs him by the face and, like, just crushes his fucking yeah. face. Yeah. Then the chick is trying to, like, it's okay. Like, don't do this. Oh, yeah, but she's like, fuck, I, oh, God, I forgot about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Santa Claus. Fucking out of nowhere. He's like, Santa Claus. She's like, oh, yeah. you like Santa Claus. Okay. And she's, like, thinking that she's, so- like fucking random I'm like man. where the fuck oh she's like oh you like Santa Claus I'm like god here we fucking go and then he comes in for like kind of a hug like a comforting thing and then just Doesn't stabs her yeah. no he just yeah. stabs her in the gut like fucking four times with like I'm assuming a knife or his fist or something and kills her so they're dead and then the the two are the two are left um oh you're talking yeah. about the one dude the GBH ripoff with the headphones in the beginning Blonde spiky hair. He's like, ah, ah, no, that's uh, that's that's scratch. He's the main yeah, dude. Yeah, but there's Colin the other... from GBH. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, scratch is the main dude, but th- there's the other guy too with the headphones, like in the beginning, with like the longer hair. Yeah, yeah. He he gets killed off somehow. He was chasing fucking Kathy before she got killed. I I keep forgetting about him. He was just like kind of. He wasn't in a relation. Like Zadar had his chick. Scratch had his chick. And then there was the dude just kind of there. Yeah. That was supposed to stand watch. Anyway, he gets killed too. But, uh, so fast forward to where we're at. Scratch, GBH guy, and hit the, uh, the chick are the, like the last two left. Then there's the scene. Okay, so on the way up, Linda Blair stops at a convenience store talking to the clerk. Yes. Oh, yeah, we forgot. She's like, oh, I'm going to fucking meet your dad tomorrow morning and we're gonna go fishing Mm -hmm. so the next morning he's driving up and i actually like the way they did this scene him driving listening to music and then they'll cut without music and just show like one of the bodies in the house yes they cut back to him in the car with music and then cut back no music another body in the house it just gives like a really cool effect Mm -hmm. and then he that's when he shows up the house and realizes everyone's fucking dead it's a crime scene. And then the uncle they mentioned, like, oh, my uncle's going to be here tomorrow. He comes rolling up. That's fucking Tab Hunter. Yes. And Who, now, he's a plastic surgeon. Yeah, he's a plastic surgeon. Um, he comes rolling in. And now it's a crime scene. He realizes what's going on. And then it becomes this big fucking manhunt to go check because he realizes fucking Patrick's not in, the, in his room. So he's like, what the fuck? So it becomes this big fucking manhunt, and that's kind of where it, it meets because Scratch is about to kill Linda Blair. Fucking Patrick bum rushes Scratch. He's almost about to kill him, and then the fucking the mob shows up. And, of course, they assume 
that Patrick's the one who just killed the whole fucking family. Because he looks crazy. Yeah. Ends up killing him. Everybody gets arrested. Patrick's dead. At this point, Linda Blair's still technically alive. Yes. Um, ends up back in the police station. Um, they question him, try getting people to fucking like flip. No one's fucking flipping. Linda Blair fucking dies. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's fucking dead. Tab's still alive. Tab doesn't want to admit the truth. Yeah, Tab's not telling him anything yet. And then Stretch isn't fucking saying anything. His girlfriend's not talking. They have nothing they can fucking do. So they basically tell Tab, like, hey, man, you may be right. I kind of feel you. We got to let him go in 24 hours. And then this is where the movie takes another turn Mm -hmm. and goes from being a home invasion to a slasher to basically a fucking uh, revenge revenge vigilante movie. Yes. And Tab fucking leaves (laughs) like, well, the law can't do anything, but I can. He meets up with somebody, gets a fucking package, (sighs) fucking dips up, rolls up on Stretch and his girlfriend, and just fucking slides a double-barrel sawed-off shotgun out the window. (laughs) Get the fuck in the car or I'll blow your head off. Fucking gets him in the car, goes back to the house, into Patrick's room, and then that's where it fucking takes another fucking twist, and you find out that that Patrick was his son... And that Linda Blair's dad, who was the effects artist, was Tab's brother. And that Tab was also deformed. Yes. And that his brother made him a prosthetic face mask so he could fucking be normal. And now he's like, oh, I am, I'm more normal than you. And he's fucking giving this whole speech to those fucking two punks who are, like, tied to a table. Yeah. And then, like, basically sews their assholes to their face. Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, he like he like deforms the fuck out of them. They look like they have two buttholes on their mouth. Yeah, yeah. They like he like disfigures their faces and keeps them in the nursery that Patrick was in. Yeah. And then you you realize that like he had a son who was born deformed and mentally retarded and was afraid that it would hurt his career. So his brother agreed to take care of his son. Yeah. So it wouldn't hurt his image. But Tab himself was born like that. Yeah. But because his brother did special effects, he made him a prosthetic mask so he could become what he wanted to become, which was a plastic surgeon, and just mingle in everyday life and not look like a freak or whatever. So he pulls off the fucking mask, and then his face looks like fucking his kids. And he's like... Yeah, and then he fucks up their faces, scratching the, the girlfriend, and then at the end he's just like smoking a pipe and having a drink. He's like leaned back in like a wing back chair reading the newspaper while they're in Patrick's room looking through the window like all, I'm, I'm serious, dude. It just looks like they fucking sewed their assholes to their face. Yeah, it looks weird. I don't it's know. It's stitched all around their mouth, and their mouths are just straight circles. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just like wandering around each other like like they're in a fish tank or something. It's just like very strange. So then it kind of with that thing went from like a vigilante film, like revenge film. Then it's almost like a little bit of like a fucking like weird monster film, almost like a tales from the uh, dark side, tales from the crypt type ending. Yes. And then you think it's the ending and then then it turns into and fucking behold, it's another film inside of a fucking film. And the, the film burns up and now it's people in the theater like, oh, what the fuck's going on? It's all like the movie execs watching this thing. 
So, okay, so there's that. So you're like, okay, it was a movie with a movie. And now you're wondering how it's going to end. And then all of, out of the fucking left field of fucking Tiger Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Frankenstein and Wolfman. Yeah. Why did you ruin the picture? Well, I didn't like it, man. It showed monsters in a bad light. Well, I thought it was a good one. Like, what? Yeah, they were like horror hosts hosting <laughs> yeah. the screening of a film. And fucking Frankenstein looks at Wolfman. These It's two grown men in full makeup. Yeah. One's Frankenstein, one's Wolfman. Frankenstein looks at Wolfman and says, well, on a scale of 1 to 10, I think it was a solid 8. He's like, you really liked it? Possibly an 8. You like that? Oh, no. Let's show these people what real monsters really are. And then they scare the fucking audience. They just start walking in. Not even, like, in a hurry. They just are at the end, like, at the top of the row, just going like, oh. And then people just start screaming and scurrying. (laughs) And that's the fucking end of the movie. There you go. This movie's such a fucking mix of so much shit. It's a melting pot, yeah. And people give that ending so much shit, but I honestly love it. Me too. I wouldn't always like that shit. I, like, I could see where, depending on the movie, that would be a really shitty fucking ending. And I know a lot of people say, like, oh, the movie type of, inside of a movie is like a cop-out ending. Like, people gave April Fool's shit for being, like, fake kills. I think it works for this just because there's already so much yeah. fucking shit going on with this movie. Yeah. But for it being like a low-budget film from the 80s, there is some pretty good star power. And like you said, it mixes different genres in there because it really did have like a House by the Lake or Death Weekend, Don uh, Stroud, or what's the Fight for Your Life. Yeah. It had that feel like it was going to turn into that. Then you have like the slasher aspect. Then you had like the fucking Revenge Vigilante, like... And then the ending was like an April Fool's Day meta, kind of weird fucking like fucking movie, within movie, a movie within a movie. And it's like, you know what? That's a lot of bang for your buck, man. Nothing was real. Everyone's still alive. I came away thinking this was a fucking nice little gem, man. I, I like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I mean, you know, you look at it from a bird's eye view and you're like, man, it's just Linda Blair and her friend going up to a cabin and they're attacked by a bunch of fucking punkers like. Okay, this I'm I'm interested, you know. <laughs> like I think it could have been done a little bit better. Like I wish they would have done the home invasion and stretched that out more. Yeah, maybe cut less of the like them running in the woods away from Patrick. Maybe chop that down and had the home invasion go more because they could have done more with that, and it would have been maybe it would have been more impactful once they killed the family. Yeah, but they killed the family like seriously, like bam, bam, bam. Everybody's fucking dead. Yeah, there was jumping no... out windows, running away. And now it's okay. It's not a home invasion anymore. Right. Like, usually with, with, like, a home invasion movie, there's a lot of mental torture and just people just really fucking being tormented, like, you know, like, the whole fucking movie or for a good hour. Yeah. Just like, you know, what do you want? We, it is, you know, what, you know, like, people know they're going to die. They're just waiting for when it's going to happen. It's just that tension. But, yeah, they just kill these fucking people off one by one instantly. But all in all, I like this movie. It's great. It's worth a watch, man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I highly recommend Grotesque 1988. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I think it was the last film of any significance that Linda Blair did. Uh, within, within the realm of like horror and exploitation and stuff? Pretty much, yeah. I think so. Because that's what she was known for. But yeah, this might yeah. be like the last hurrah as far as like a horror film that she was in. Or similar to it. Yeah. 
not a bad one. Uh, so definitely check it out if you haven't. It is on Tubi. And yeah, this shit's fucking. Actually, this movie's readily available fucking everywhere. Yeah. So. Uh, well, we're gonna have to do some catching up here, man. So. <laughs> it's the it's the million dollar question. Yeah. What? What's that? What have you been watching, Jared? Are you kidding me? Like, it's been like five months. You know how hard it was for me to compose the list of five films? I just had to melt it down to, like, the ones that came to mind. Fuck. Uh, yeah, just recently. Well, I mean, it's Halloween just passed. Yeah, it's Halloween. So, like, all the Halloween fair. Like, I bust out all the fucking old, like, cart- like Halloween, like, kids cartoons from, like, whatever. Um, I watched Mr. Boogity. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Of fucking course you did, dude. You can't, you can't not watch Mr. Boogity. Yeah, we, dude, I this... love, I love introducing people to Mr. Boogity because it's fucking amazing. It's Mr. Boogity, man. <laughs> dude, you do. No one's gonna have an appreciation for that movie if they didn't see it as a kid. If you watch it now, you're just gonna think it's fucking ridiculous. But if you've seen it as a kid, you're gonna appreciate that shit. Dave, Dave knew. He did. Dave knew what was up with yeah, that. He, his face lit up when you said that too, man. Like. And I'm like, well, I must have missed the bus on that. I, I mean, I hold I hold very close to my heart the Roseanne Halloween episodes from oh, yeah. being a kid. You know, are you afraid of the dark and shit? Yeah. Never fucking heard of, seen, came across Mr. Boogity. It ne- and you know me, I have like a crazy memory. You guys blew my mind with that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you remember that? I'm like, dude, what the fuck are they talking about, man? I went back and watched some clips like, oh, that seems like it would have been a thing back then, so... Dude, it was it's fucking so goofy. I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. Um, what else? I don't know. Shit. I, I just watched The Crow because it was Devil's Night. Mm. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Opera. And that's seriously, that, that movie, the more I watch it, the, the more it creeps up on my Argento list. Like, I fucking love Opera. Um, I don't know, man. I've been watching this shit ton of stuff. Me too. And I can't. It's all fucking blur. Well, let's get on to some more important things. I'll get into what I'm watching, but Jared and I went and seen uh, Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. Oh, yeah, dude. That was phenomenal. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think but, me and you collectively have probably seen Goblin five or six times. Yes. I've seen him twice. I've seen him like three times. So, like, the first time was probably three or four years ago, and the movie that they did was Deep Red, and that was awesome, and this time they did Demons, which was really cool. Yeah. And they, they nailed it, of course. That was that was a really good show. Um, and then you went to the Acid Witch Halloween Spooktacular. Yeah, dude. believe it was chapter, volume, whatever, five? Like five? Yeah. This was the first one I've missed because I did something else, which I'll get into. But I want you to tell the people and myself about the Acid Witch show. Dude, it was great. And, um, yeah, I probably would have been to the thing you were at if it wasn't the same weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it was, I mean, Sauron. 
seen them a bunch of times. They never get fucking old. Um, Wastelanders playing shows again. And that was fucking amazing. Was able to cop the fucking, uh, they put out a fucking limited promo tape and they had copies left. Didn't know they had copies left. Was over at talking to Matt at the merch booth and like the tape wasn't there. And I'm like, oh, like bullshit with him. Like, you guys all out of the tape? And he was like, do you, well, you want one? I'm like, yeah, I don't get one. And he's like, all right. Reached under the table. He's like, here you go. I'm like, why do you have that table? He's like, it's only for people that ask. Oh, nice. I'm like, fuck yeah. Okay. And then, um, and they fucking killed it. Their new shit's great. I've seen some stories, man. That looked fucking rowdy. That's, yeah. Go ahead. And it's like, I'm not throwing any shade on them. It just wasn't my thing. But the only band I didn't like was like Restless Spirit. I was curious about them. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, it wasn't my thing. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, the, and Acid Witch came out as, as Switch does. It's fucking, it was a fucking amazing set. Um, I was, well, I was kind of wondering what, if there was going to be any type of surprises or if they're going to do anything different. Um, and besides playing just the stellar set and they always do their fucking spider web across the whole fucking venue. Um, they did a cover of Ramon's Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Which was a banger. And then again, just having the witch fucking as they play Stone to the Grave, the witch comes out with a bucket and just starts lighting pre rolls and throwing them in, like passing them into the fucking crowd. And there was like ten fucking pre rolls just getting passed around. So it's like you're like, who's coming from what? What's all right here? Pass it, pass it. It's fucking great. Always a good time, yeah. I was kinda saddened that I missed it. Fucking Dave was dressed as fucking Ozzy. Tim was dressed as Leatherface. Fucking um, Mike was dressed as, I'm blanking on the name, but it was a dude from uh, Taurus Trap. The main guy. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name. That's what's killing me. But the main guy from Taurus Trap. And then Phil, I was trying to figure it out, but it's just, I guess it's just, he was a fish head. Yeah, he was wearing a suit and just had like a fish mask, but it stuck out like... Because I couldn't tell what the fuck Phil was. I was going to text Mike, like, Mike, what the fuck was Phil? Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm racking my head on it, like, was he this? Was that? At one point, I thought it was a horse head. Yeah. Like, maybe he paper mache a horse head, but he left the big opening so he could breathe. And I'm like, was he Bojack Horseman? Because they all had a fucking suit on. Yeah. But I guess it was just a fucking fish. Yeah, it was just a fish <laughs> face. But it looked cool uh, from what I've seen online. But yeah, I was. Um, but yeah, the night. I mean, the night was a blast. Other than, I mean, fuck the venue it was at, but the whole night was fucking sweet. Yeah, that's like the first one I missed, and the reason I did not go, which I did not plan on doing anything that weekend, was because funds were a little light. But Tammy, who rules for this, was like, "I know that you're not gonna make acid witch, but if." I pay for you to go see Fulci. Will you come with me so I don't have to go by myself? And with some persuasion and some, you know, beating a dead, <laughs> greasing the squeaky wheel, if you will, I said, you know what, fuck it. Okay, I'll go. So I went to Ohio the night of the Acid Witch show to see Fulci. Not the Lucio Fulci, but... I mean that would have been amazing. If, yeah. If Lucio, if they would have just like brought his corpse to Cleveland, they like weakened at Bernie's him. Fucking. They like weakened at Bernie's him while he's like he just gives a monologue. That would have been really cool. Uh, but uh, 
almost as cool, the band Fulci from Italy, for those of you who don't know, I don't want to sound like no one knows who they are or nothing, but they're a death metal band uh, from Italy that like basically worships Fulci movies, and I didn't really know what to expect, and to be honest, I kind of take them for what they are. I don't think that they're like mind-blowingly recreating the it's just old school death metal see here's the thing i don't give a fuck if a band doesn't recreate the. i don't care a fuck if the band's not doing something new just if it's good it's good it's and it was you could do the same a band that could come out that sounds like disclose which there's about a hundred and i'll love every single one of them a band could come out and sounds like fucking mortician and i'll love all those guys too I don't care if you're recreating the wheel, as long as what you're doing is good. Yeah, so I I didn't really know what to expect. I'm like, I know I like their records. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then the they get a pass. I think I told this to you when I first found them. I'm like, they get a pass just because it's like Fulci worship. So I went and seen this band, and they had these like neon green lights, fluorescent tubes on the sides of the stage that were on the whole time with a fog machine and they put a screen behind them because they use a drum machine that just hits you with these like Vietnam flashback clips of fucking Fulci films, but all the good gory stuff, right? And if you're into the bleeding era, cannibal corpse, cause of death era obituary in anything mid to later 90s morbid angel stuff but not too fast you're gonna love Fulci they just have that old school death metal very simple kind of approach so it was worth it it was really cool and uh, Mulder opened I suggest you check them out oh, yeah, they're great they're great yeah Mulder fucking rules man uh, and I really really was jealous uh Singer guitar player had the sickest Impetigo shirt I've ever seen in my life, dude. I'm like, let me get that real quick. Uh, but yeah, they were great. And uh, some a band called Drawn and Quartered from Seattle just fucking sanded my face clean off. They were fucking incredible. They stole the show. Yeah, I was there about that. They stole the show. I mean, they don't look like they would fucking you know. I don't know, fit into like any kind of a trend or anything. But man, they they were. They were fucking incredible, absolutely, and very cool guys to hang out with after the show. That's what I did. Um, what yeah. needs to happen, I'm pissed at Mystic I wanted to see Fulci and it being the same weekend as Acid, which was kind of like a, a bummer. But hopefully they'll come back, and who knows, man, come with Tenebro. Oh, dude. Because that would be fucking amazing. Okay, yeah, anyone that has not checked that band out, get the fuck on that quickly. Uh, Tenebro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We're going to plug that band right fucking quick. Check out Tenebro from fucking Italy as well. Um, like, death, death grind a little bit. Yeah. But also, like, kind of slower paced on some of their shit. It's just very, like... Yeah, it's like a... It's... it's. I sent it to Dave Nobody. Because I was like, have you heard of these guys yet? And he's like, no. I was like, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Sent it to him. He fucking got back to me. He's like, Jesus. He's like, this is so fucking brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. I'm like, that's actually a really good way to describe it, man. But they're all like in the same vein as Fulci. They're all about like some of the early stuff had very like heavy Italian giallo fucking vibes. Like that was their their 
aesthetic. Uh, aesthetic and design and like newer stuff coming out is all like Italian cannibal film mm-hmm. aesthetic. Like they're in that fucking wheelhouse. Like if you're a horror fan and you like metal, you there's no reason you should not know about Tenebro. Definitely look them up if you have not heard them. Jared turned me on to them and they have a new release coming out next month. Full length? I think so, yeah. Yeah, they dropped a single, It Rules. The last one had a song, uh, Trap Them and Kill Them, which is, we all know that fucking film was awesome. And uh, you get some cool horror samples in there, too, you know. They throw some samples in there from, like, one of them opened with, like, what what was it, fucking House by the Cemetery or... I think so. Or something like, yeah, Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, definitely check out Tenebro, because they're killing the game right now. Um... So that's what we did. Yeah, that was kind of a, I mean, <laughs> that basically is what we did in the past month. Four months ago, whatever, man. Summer's gone, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, we did hit the show Gives on, a fuck what we did on your birthday at the Beagle. By oh, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That show Feel free was, to wish Jared right. a happy belated. It's fucking late. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But it was just a weird mixture of bands that night. We went to see like Cheap Gas, which they were pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and the, the, that one band to me was like the best, the Attrition Cult. Yeah, there was actually a few bands I didn't know on that bill that Austin booked, and um, yeah, that one. It I think we both kind of came to the same real like agreement on they almost had the same feeling of like certain Fister songs. Yes, like you get that same vibe when you see Fister live on when they play certain songs. Like Attrition Cult kind of just carried that. Yeah, had a like a blackened. Um, mix of sound in there where it was almost like a black metal kind of mixed in with like what like a crushing fister kind of thing but yeah. they were great and what was the other band uh that you were digging that it took me a minute but i'm like okay uh i can't even remember the bands around the fucking bill give me a second you're in hell oh yeah you're in hell yeah they were fucking great yeah i'm like i didn't know how to take them at first i'm like this is weird and then they once they got going i'm like these guys fucking rule dude yeah they were great yeah but it was like five or six bands on the bill that night. We just kind of like hung out and drank some beers and shit. They would end up having a fucking like skirt back to my house because uh, our buddy Will, who does um, Silk Scream, yes, like shirts, he was getting town because there was a fucking cold as life, like hardcore fest that he was coming in to see and he was crashing here. So all rolled back to my place and hung out with them for a little bit. Then that crazy motherfucker was like, you know what? We're going to crash, but like we got like our second win. We're like awake. We're just going to make that ride back to fucking Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, New York, dude. From Detroit. Like, okay. So basically, are you sure you're good? Well, he the ro- Buffalo Bills are playing in yeah. fucking... He rolled in that day. I'm like, Will. So basically, he rolled in, went to the show, drove out to my place, which was like away from Buffalo, and then was like, now we're going to ride back because from what I gathered, he wanted to catch the Bills game. Nine o'clock Because it was an off. early game because they were playing in England. Yes. I'm like, well, are you sure? And then his buddy Dave that came with him used to be in water torture. Yeah. And that dude was really cool. I hung out with him. Uh, Mike Tough. From, yeah, Mike uh, just rolled. Dude, it was like one in the morning. I'm like <laughs> three sheets of the wind on my fucking porch just drinking, bullshitting. And like I see somebody walk up. And at first I was like, did fucking Steve leave and come? Like, what's going And then I'm like, then I heard him talking. I'm like, is that fucking Mike? Yeah, Mike Mike rolled up and he hung out at like one in the morning. And that was really cool. Oh, dude, we also... Wasteland. Oh, we went to Cinema Wasteland, baby. Which, Wasteland is always going to be amazing. Wasteland is not what it used to be. No. Wasteland used to be a fucking like 
wild party. Yep. So much shit going on. And now it just kind of feels like a dog without teeth, um, which sucks. Yeah. And you could kind of say you, you can make it what you want it to be if, like, you got the people there. But, like, dude, cops roll up there now. A cop rolled up and pulled out a canine, and they were just hanging out in the front. Like, they're they're not – they're wanting to get the people who are going to do that type of shit not to feel comfortable doing that type of shit. It worked. And it just doesn't – it doesn't feel the same. And, like, the people I've talked to, like, Lewis, I talked to him, like, and he even said, he's like, dude, the people who, like, OGs are dying off, and everybody else is just not coming anymore. Yeah. So it just doesn't have the vibe, doesn't have the feel. And I, I mean, I felt it, and it kind of sucked. But, I mean, I'd still, it's still Cinema Wasteland. Yeah. It still was a banger fucking panel for that uh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Reunion. So the original cast, most of them. Yeah. From Sleepaway Camp 1983 were there. They did a screening of it. They did a panel. We went with our good buddy, Dave Nobody. Hell yeah. And that was a blast. That was like his first wasteland. It was his first cinema wasteland. He just moved here from Missouri within the last couple of years and had never been to a cinema. And he was super stoked, as he should be. Met up with, uh, through him, because he met up with a few of the dudes from the VHS Misfits group. So we ended up meeting a couple of the Misfits people that we haven't met in person, which ended up meeting at Goblin. As well. True. I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, we've seen some uh, cats at Goblin, too. Uh, Mark from Anguish. Yeah. And his lady was there. Mark and Allie were there. Yep. Uh, you met Mike. Metal Matt. Oh, Metal Matt from Cold as Life. Uh, Ex-Wolfhook guitar player. Yeah. Uh, he was there. I hung out with him for a while. Haven't seen him since before pandemic. Kelly and her dude were there. Yeah, Kelly and her dude. Uh, shout out to Kelly for the... Uh, fucking hoodie she was wearing oh the fucking how peterson how peterson funeral, funeral home hoodie it was like straight <laughs> who like who has funeral home merch? merch dude i'm like where did you get that hoodie and she like she got instantly stoked like yeah i know right but like i feel bad wearing it because his parents were like uh, i'm like oh like, i get it everyone okay. in his family like, got like did the funeral at how peterson yeah <laughs> I'm like, but that hoodie is fucking cooking. It's like there's heat coming off of it. I like, it was like legit, awesome. I didn't know funeral homes made merch. If anyone is able to find it, it would be Kelly. Oh, holy dude. shit! Good find, killer. Uh, yeah, she was there. Uh, good vibe in that place. All those good people were there. Um, and what was I going to point out? Uh, also, Wasteland. Uh, Dave actually went to the Three Stooges. Oh, you got you got him to go with you. Yeah, he sat with me and we watched like six Three Stooges episodes. And how many wastelands have we went to? And this is not a dig on Jared. I love you to death, man. But I, he doesn't like the Stooges like I do. Okay, here's the thing. I don't mind the Stooges, but when I stay up until four a.m. drinking, <laughs> I'm not getting up early to go to a fucking Three Stooges screening. Understand that ain't happening. Oh, but I'm pretty sure every wasteland we went to, I'm like, Jared, are you gonna do this with me this time? Yeah, every like, single fucking every one. single one. And you're like, yeah, dude, I'll try, and it just never happened, and I just never went by myself. Dave was up with bells on, like, dude, Stu just starting 15 minutes. I'm like, let's <laughs> fucking hit it, dude. And we were laughing our fucking ass. It was great, dude. It was so fucking good. I'm like, okay, this is sweet. Uh, and then we watched, what was that fucking horrible movie? I was falling asleep during it. It was like one in the morning on Friday. Oh man. Yeah. This post-apocalyptic fucking, um, uh, SOV film. Dude, that one, that one was not good. 
But the one I actually wanted, I would have seen. I looked in, looked it up afterwards because I didn't know anything about it. Was uh, Ohio or Satanic Soccer Mom from Ohio? Yeah, yeah. I would have actually went and seen that, dude. I would have went and seen that one. Dave went. And watched da- yeah, it. dude. I was fucking. Me and you were drunk and just passed out. And yeah. Dave's, Dave went and seen it, and he's like, "It was better than the other one." Yeah. Jared and I were in the hotel room by like midnight, just like eating a bag of chips, and like we were done for the night, man. We were. Just drunk and tired and shit, but Wasteland was, uh, it's not. Wasn't enough going on, man. No. Friday night, I went, I actually got into the fucking pool like everybody normally does. Someone who gets into there and I was the only one there. Mm -hmm. I just like hung out drinking by the pool by myself. Like, oh, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It just had a different vibe to it, but, uh, not a bad continental breakfast though. That was all right. No. Yeah. We had that weird, some pass. We got it for free. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was a, like a breakfast buffet. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. But yeah, we did that. Um, have we done anything? It's been a while since we've done an episode. So I mean, have we done? I mean, we went to some shows and stuff. I mean, we've seen Girth shows. a few times. Deterioration. Um, no big shows though. I don't think nothing major. No, but yeah. But um, I will say, fucking um. End up talking to these dudes at Wasteland, and I was stoked to see them there because I didn't, I didn't think about it, I didn't know they were gonna have a table, but I was kind of hoping it would be. But it's the dudes from fucking, um, the dudes from um, Bloodsick Production, um, so like uh, Bruce Longo, they did the movie uh, A Corpse for Christmas, and then they also did the movie Bloodsick Psychosis, um, based out of Philly, total fucking like punk style fucking just movies, um, dude. Check these guys out. Stoked to talk to them. Awesome conversation with those dudes. Um, it's just their movies are just kind of have that, that punk as funk vibe, and they have like the, the the soundtracks for them. They got like Devil Master, Acid Witch is on there. Fucking <sighs> the fucking virus is on there. Oh man, fucking um. Just, Tim Tim had Tim did the artwork. Did uh, yes. they commissioned Tim to do the fucking painting and the cover for uh, a corpse for Christmas. Which that was supposed they were they're, I think currently I think still currently maybe, um, doing a run of it, um, for a course for Christmas like a tour, and then um, one of his other shorts they're doing a tour for that like screenings and it was supposed they were supposed to do a screening in Detroit and somehow fell through, um, but yeah dude if you guys fucking check it out and a shout out to those guys because just if you, if you get a chance to check it out fucking check it out if it's in your city. Yeah, well, I I kind of plan on like watching that with you at some point. I'm sure you'll see it before yeah. me, but like around Christmas time, let's pop that fucker in, man. Oh, yeah. I, I'm intrigued, man. I mean, that soundtrack alone and the artwork. I mean, can't go wrong with it, right? Absolutely. But uh, for me, uh, just real quick, the only movies I could think of honestly were um, I watched House by the Cemetery because mm-hmm. um, the whole Fulci thing. Uh, I was like, I popped that in. Doc, Doctor Butcher, MD. We went to the Goblin thing. I instantly, we all three of us were talking about it. Demons Two went in like probably a day or two later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching Demons Two. Um, I actually I was, watched Demons Two because it was fucking on last drive-in. Oh yeah, yeah. Last drive-in did Demons Two. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Um, uh, the in the fog, Halloween time. Mm-hmm. I always do my Night of the Living Dead. And then on November 1st, of course, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. 
which I've watched a hundred times in the past since the last time. Uh, but to be honest, what I've been watching the most is the Pluto TV Twilight Zone channel. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, Tammy comes and stays the night, or I'm laying in bed with the cats. I put on Twilight Zone and just lay there and just watch episodes of fucking black and white Twilight Zone, and then it flips over to Outer Limits. And I'm not mad about that at all. I just fucking... Most of the time I'm not watching it. Sometimes I am. Episodes I've never seen. Episodes I've seen a million times. It's all good. Oh, yeah, fuck it. It's one of those shows, man. I don't even care. It could be an episode you've seen a bunch. Just keep watching it. Yeah, it's just still it. good. Love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there was actually a new movie I checked out, and I was not going to check it out. It, like, went over my... It, it came on my radar, and I ignored it, because I just thought it was going to be just a normal, like, overly CGI'd fucking modern horror. Yeah. And I only checked it out because our buddy Tim was like, Dude, one of the better horror movies I've seen lately has been Smile. And I was like, I shot him a look like, what? I'm like, it. And he's like, no, dude, like, yeah, I had that same look you just had. I think I know what you expected this movie to be. He's like, I expected it to be the same fucking thing. He's like, it's not. And I was like, okay. And then, like, kind of sat on that for a while and finally checked it out. Dude. Smile is not bad. I have to check it out. It fucking plays it straight. Um, doesn't have the happy ending, doesn't have like over the top fucking CGI. There's like a couple jump scares, but it's not like ridiculous, like conjure level fucking jump scares. Yeah. I can't hate this movie. I'm pretty like, uh, intrigued now because <laughs> I thought I knew where the ending was going and the ending went somewhere else, but it still didn't have a fuck. It did not have a positive ending, which was great. I love it. I love it when movies play it straight. When horror movies play it straight, they don't go in the realm of making it like overly cheesy, or they don't make it like just over the top. Um, and this one doesn't. And I also like it when they don't wrap things up in a nice little bow at the end, where it's like all is well, like mm-hmm. oh it's defeated. Like no, this doesn't this doesn't do that. Which kind of is a spoiler, but dude, yeah, like for a modern horror, me and you kind of all feel the same for a lot of modern horror. This was one that I saw the trailers for. I saw all the marketing they did for it, and I was like, no. I'm like, this is going to be fucking stupid. Like, this is another modern movie because it's going to be over-the-top fucking CGI. And it wasn't. It's kind of – they probably should have did a trailer different. I don't know, man. But it wasn't what I thought it was going to be at all. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Like, if Tim says it's good – and you say that you didn't mind it, I definitely have to check it out. I'm bad because I will see something and be like, just assume I'm not going to like it and not check it out. So I like having somebody like Tim who he just watches everything. But I know me and him, movie-wise, kind of on the same level. For sure. So if he says something like, no, this is actually, you should probably check this out, then I'll actually potentially check something out yeah. if it's something that I wasn't planning to. Yeah, well, like uh, Tim... Is yeah. the reason I have not seen the Suspiria remake. <laughs> yeah, and it's so only, and listen, this is not a dig on anybody that likes the movie. I haven't seen it, so I don't personally know if I would like it or if it's good. I know I hail the original as a great piece of cinema history, yeah. but I value this dude's opinion so much that I'm like, if he says it's the worst movie he's ever seen, I'm not fucking going near it. And there's been times where I'm like, man, I should just kind of like, 
because so, there's movies that I like that maybe like other people don't. They're like, why? Dude, yeah, nah, there's like people's it. whose opinions I value, but I know we, our tastes aren't parallel. So I'll I'll value your opinion, right? But I'm still probably gonna check it out later somewhere down the road. But there's also people who I know our tastes in movies are pretty fucking parallel. And if you say it's horrible or you say it's fucking really good, I'm probably going to agree with you. Mm -hmm. So it's either going to make me check something out sooner or keep me away from checking it out even longer because, like, yeah, I already kind of knew it. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I Like, I, it's got to be good. Or at least worth the watch. Because that's two opinions right there. Where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Okay. What's it streaming on, by the way? I meant to ask you. Paramount? Paramount Plus? Paramount, I think. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Um, I did want to get into real quick just some shit that I've been spinning. Yeah. Uh, yo. Let's all fucking join hands for the latest Cruel Force record, dude. <laughs> okay? This fucking You've Been Knighted. Uh, the Dawn of the Axe. Oddly enough, I woke up this morning before work and seeing that they dropped a single on a new release that's supposed to be coming out, apparently. But 2023 release, Dawn of the Axe, Thrash Majesty. I have not heard a fucking record like that in a long time. Uh, Dude, everybody was plugging that record. Like Everybody on my friends list at some point posted that fucking record. It's so fucking good. The recording is very fucking good. It doesn't, it's not polished. It's not fucking like... Studio magic, it's just raw thrash, man. Uh, very satanic. Fucking awesome, man. Um, definitely check out Cruel Force, Dawn of the Axe. Yo, Bathory. Mm -hmm. Twilight of the Gods. All right. I mean, we're knee-deep in some Viking-era shit. And I always turn to Hammerheart, but Twilight of the Gods has got me by the fucking testicles right now. So, uh you always go to Hammerheart. I always go to fucking Bloodfire Death. Yeah, that's our that's our two. You know, we you fuck know. with all of it, and then that, but those are our two albums where it's like these are the ones we put on. The most. Yeah, and it's just because I think I found Hammerheart was my first one, so that's like my Bathory, and you're like, and we've argued about it before too, and I was all drunk one night, I think, dude, just annoying the fuck out of you, like, no, Hammerheart's, this. <laughs> but no, Bloodfire Death is. Great. There is no bad battery record, but just lately I've been fucking with Twilight of the Gods, man. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah. Green, uh, Green Lung, they just, uh, oddly enough, released a new um, single, but I'm rolling back like five years ago. Woodland Rights, some really cool uh, stonery metal. Not, not so much Doom, but uh, has a cool satanic flavor seasoning on it. Green Lung is awesome. We are celebrating the 40th anniversary of arguably my favorite Motorhead record, Another Perfect Day. Uh, that's when they had the dude from Loverboy playing guitar for him. Yep. Love that record. <laughs> uh, class record. Uh, I'm sure you guys are all on this. Exhumed released a little bit of an extension from their last full length. It's a five-song EP called Beyond the Dead. Fucking rips front to back. Uh, we got Dark Throne. Still fucking with Eternal Hails. And their new record is fucking awesome. The newest one. But they re-released a demo that came out after Soul Sight Journey, but before Blaze in the Northern Sky. But this demo was actually when they were still a death metal band, but then they switched to black metal and scrapped this demo and went 
and made arguably one of the most pinnacle black metal records of the early 90s. All these years later, they released the demo, and it's great. So I've been jamming that. Uh, I, w- I dipped back and jammed some Cough, Ritual Abuse, haven't heard that in years, and finally, Acid Witch, Pranks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been listening to that non-fucking-stop. Just great, man. I mean, they just... They can do no wrong in my eyes, man. They always do... Like, it's always a little bit different. You don't ever know exactly what you're going to get when they release something new because they have done different shit. But it's all Acid Witch. Very true. I, very true. And, and I just wanted, like, a side note mostly because I have mad respect for this person, it brings my buzz up a little bit to know that Mike was on the track. Yeah. I respect Mike so much as a musician. That dude has written some of my favorite riffs, and I get to like just stand around and nerd out on horror movies and swill beer with that guy. And he lives right around the corner from my favorite pizza place that's not Mr. Pizza. <laughs> so Mike was on the track. He laid some solos down and did some work on it. Awesome. What's that other place? Donut Castle? Donut Town. Donut Town. And Fat Cat's Pizza, baby. There it is. Redford's banging out there. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I was actually, man, it got too late when uh, we were hanging out over there last time. And he's like, is it too late? for Everyone's just smoking just mad weed. And Dude, it's always. After a, Goblin. It was it after Goblin. It is always a cloud in his fucking house, Dude, man. it looked like a fucking fog machine got broken. <laughs> Every time we're over there, like, it's cool we show up and then, like, 30 minutes later, I'll walk to the bathroom and come back out, and it's just a fucking haze. And yeah. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's, like, scrambling because it's, like, after midnight. They're like, what's open, dude? And I'm like, Fat Cats closes at 11. They're trying to find any DoorDash, anything that's yeah. open. I'm like, man, you guys fucked up. You should have had Fat Cats bring us a couple pies, man. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike's on the new Acid Witch single, and that's really fucking cool. And just a side note, uh, his main band temple of void uh are playing in detroit in december with sauron and i'm gonna probably check that out because i haven't seen temple of void in probably six or seven years and that was at like the old sanctuary yeah with uh graves at sea and that was a fucking banger of a show by the way and it was weird i remember it was the day after prince died and mike was all much to his chagrin and he he dedicated a song to Prince and said, I know that may seem weird, but that should give you an idea of how wide my musical spectrum is. Rest in peace, Prince. There will never be another one like it. And I had, like, much... I'm like, yep, Prince was pretty fucking incredible, so... Mike's musical taste is... His net's so fucking wide. It's wider than I thought, and I kind of knew how wide it was, but then he, like... Has that curveball in there once in a while. I'm like, dude, you fuck with that too? I'm like, all right, all right. He's like, dude, Marty Freeman's doing like Indian string music and shit. I'm like, how do you know that? The second extreme album. Oh, my God. He's like, dude, have you ever listened to Gary Sharon Van Halen? I'm like, grab a seat, bud. You got some time? Like, I feel bad for you sometimes because when me and him get together, it's a fucking mess. I think he was on an episode with us like years ago. And I just opened up a fucking can of worms on like Priest records and Megadeth records, and we didn't. That was the Megadeth where it was like we found out that Mike fucks with Risk. I was like, "You go pass." He's like, "Oh yeah, no, it's fucking." Well, Marty was still in the band. I'm like, "Come on, dude." (laughs) Even I, I know I didn't know that, but uh, he can find the one good thing, and that's enough for him to hang on and be like, "This is a decent enough album." Oh my 
God, there's things I'll, I'll I, I'm at the point now to where like I'll be kind of like have like a buzz going and I'll be hanging out like just what we're talking and I'll purposely throw something just completely stupid and irrelevant. And Gary Sharon was one of those things, right? We're hanging out. And I'm like, everyone always argues who was better, fucking David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar. And I always thought that Gary Sharon was their best singer. And he just looked at me like, really? It wasn't bad. And then we fell into a three-hour wormhole. <laughs> yeah, that became random. a thing, man. Like, you know, Extreme played on Arsenio Hall in 90. I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah, and then we were at his fucking house, and we watched Gary Sharon Extreme videos, Gary Sharon fucking Halen videos, Gary Sharon on late night television. Like, this is this is him. This is him. Top of the pops, nineteen ninety eight. All right, dude. Mike is the fucking best, man. Just getting lifted at Mike's watching Gary Sharon videos. Yeah, he's, yeah, dude. He always like hits me. Like I'll post like an Edgar J. Winter group fucking thing. He's like, dude, that album's fucking. I'm like, I didn't know you liked this, man. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I, he's like the one guy I can nerd out like with music that like he's like the only person I know like Dave's crawling up there with the dad rock stuff I'm like yeah everyone likes Rainbow everyone loves Dio I'm like but what about dad rock fucking Rainbow and Dave's like oh are you talking like Stone Gold I'm like you like that shit <laughs> that's straight up white sketchers and jorts cutting the grass shit like <laughs> dude fucking but what's cool is when Mike gets to hang out with you and you and he gets kind of understand the shit you like he pinpoints suggestions that are amazing like i was at um uh, a record swap like two months ago and he does dystopian dogs with like vic and shit and i bullshit like as soon as i got there i'm like just bullshit with mike he's like dude check this out and he pulls out the cd he's like you need to check this fucking band out if you haven't heard of them yet old new album band but not on like the really faster rockier side more of the mellow chill side bleak house Oh, soon as I checked him out, it was an instant like, okay, what records can I buy that aren't like $500? Because this band slid under the radar. They're obviously like, their OG records are going to be expensive. And I was fucking right. Their OG 7 inches are like $500. Oh. But they had two repressed LPs that are those OG 7s and then a live set. Now, they have the grip on pretty cheap, but yeah, dude, it's like... Bleak House is fucking amazing. They're great. Check out fucking Bleak House if you like just like really like groovy new album. Mm-hmm. So good. Very under the radar. Um, you you actually like were like yeah. You sent me like a track or something like a, you know, like who the fuck is that? And we came over here. Uh, after Frankenfest, and you threw on the LP, and I'm like, this is fucking great, man. Like the one side that wasn't the live stuff. Yeah. So. The one side, the the one I got, the one side is the two seven inches, and then the B sides live. Yes, yeah, it's good stuff. Check out Bleak House, man. Yeah, very good stuff. Uh, there was another band you sent me to, Force. Oh yeah, yeah, Force is great. Kind of a weird mix awesome. of stuff, but yeah, yeah, it was just like a band that kind of falls in this weird realm of like almost like proto doom with like some just like normal like rock and roll type early metal. Yeah, they fell into that weird window of, like, what are we? Yeah. But they were influenced, you could tell, by, like, the blueprint of doom metal or what it would become. But also, like, 70s rock and, like, deep purple stuff. And like, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but I, I sent you that one band, and I kind of want to touch 
with Mike to see if he's heard of them. It was a Detroit-based band from like 1979, 707. 707, yeah. They had uh, they had that one song on the radio that had like mild success, and they ended up like just not getting along and breaking up. But I guess they had like a cult, like a big following in Detroit that would just go see them like in the early 80s. And shit. shit, I was reading into that once you sent me that. I started reading into them, and people were saying like, "Yeah, dude, they were fucking." I live in Pittsburgh. I live in Philly. I live in like Kansas City, St. Louis, and they all knew that band. They're like, yeah, they used to play them on the radio. That's how I knew about them. Like, so I mean, the success they had with like that one song, or even like the, I think there was another song as well. They had a second. Was enough to get them like airplay outside of Detroit, which is crazy. Yeah, but like, yeah, they just couldn't stick it together. Oddly enough, I was on lunch at work, and CSX does the request hour between twelve and one, and someone requested that, and it came on. I'm like, who the fuck is this? On 94.7? Shit. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, 707. They were uh, based out of Livonia. <laughs> you don't fucking hear that almost ever. But that song, I'm like, this is fucking... And I looked them up right away. I'm like, okay. And then they had one other hit that kind of... And then they broke up after that. But I'm like, I'll still jam that fucking... That one song is just... I don't know, man. It's just uh, It just hits me the right way, I guess. But yeah, it's just cool to find like little gems like that. Dude, fuck yeah. So definitely, anyone listening, check out Bleak House. Check out Force, which I know is very vague. <laughs> but it's just a very generic logo, and you're looking for something from like the early 80s. Yeah. And it's like demo quality. Based but... in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, 707, man, from Livonia, Michigan, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I Could Be Good For You. That was the single. And it's, uh, it's a good one. That, that chorus has got the hook. So, anything else, brother? Dude, I think I'm. I think I got it. All right. Well, grotesque, nineteen eighty-eight. Check it out if you haven't yet. And uh, we will do another episode soon. Uh, shoot us a maybe a like or some feedback, and uh, let us know. And fucking, what's up? Bang your line with fucking whatever. Yeah, hit us up on any of the socials. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Peace.